1-800-227-6800. Schools, universities, shootings. Numbers are unique to the U.S. And this week saw another tragic incident. A school shooting. University of Virginia. A football player targeting teammates. Investigations underway. It was the 600th mass shooting to happen this year in the United States, leaving three dead and the campus at the University of Virginia in shock and fear. I'll admit this is close to my heart since I have a family member at UVA. The victims were football players and the shooter used to be on the team. One thing is certain, these young men didn't deserve to be gunned down. My prayers and the prayers of all of us here at Haven Today go out to these families. May the Lord be with you holding all of us close. We live in dark times, but Christ promised the light is coming. Hold on. By faith, we'll see his light break through. Welcome to Haven Today here on Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series again this week called Our Pilgrim Life. If you've been listening this week, last week as well, you know that we've been talking about pilgrims. Or as the Apostle Peter put it, how Christians are foreigners and exiles in this world. Ever felt that way? I sure have. Sometimes it can make us feel all alone. And perhaps you've even wished you could fit in more with your neighbors or family who aren't Christians. But the Bible says we need to remember this is not our home. Like that character named Christian in Pilgrim's Progress, if we're trusting in Christ alone, We've been called on a pilgrimage. We've been exiled from the city of destruction and placed on a path towards the celestial city. Christians are called to live in a different way of life than the world. But that doesn't mean we're meant to be absent from this world. We're called to love our neighbors. We're going to think more about this calling as we turn our eyes to Jesus today. So please, don't leave me yet. Now with the holiday season upon us, I want to encourage you to send presents that are all about what Haven is all about, Jesus. And this year, I can't think of a better present for the kids around you than the Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Parts 1 and 2. Based on John Bunyan's classic books, these storybooks in a box set so well done with a hardback slipcase with gold foil stamping and brilliant illustrations, young and old as well will treasure this set that leads to Jesus. Plus, if you order this box set now, the shipping is free, and we will include a free code to download the audio versions of the books. So why don't you call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, look at the illustrations, watch the video that Tyler Van Haltren and I shot in England a few days ago as we walked in Bunyan's footsteps, and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now let's open the program with a song about how Christians are called to be different. I don't want to hear anymore. Teach me to listen. I don't want to see anymore. Give me a vision that you could move this heart to be set apart. I don't need to recognize the man in the mirror Cause I don't want to trade your plans for something familiar 
I can't waste a day Cause I can't stay the same I wanna be different I wanna be changed Till all of me is gone And all that remains Is a fire so bright The whole world can see That there's something different So come and be different In me I don't wanna spend my life Stuck in a pattern Tyler, and a song called Difference here on this haven today, our pilgrim life. I'm Charles Morris. I cannot believe what you say because I see what you do. The great writer and thinker James Baldwin said that about 60 years ago. He was living in segregated America, and he was commenting on the hypocrisy of those who said they wanted unity, but still supported segregation policies as well as politicians. I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. He was living at a time of hypocrisy where he lived. And of course, we live in a time of hypocrisy as well. I cannot believe what you say because I see what you do. We think of missiles intended for Ukraine, but then all of a sudden they landed in Poland. And that's created a big mess when you think about where is hypocrisy, especially with Russia saying we didn't do it. It's not us. That's always how we want to respond, even when we did something. Well, sometimes people stand for something, be it biblical truth, biblical justice, morals or values, and yet they live their life and conduct their actions in a way completely at odds with that. And that's what we see in the world in which we live today. And it's striking. We find ourselves saying, wait, wait, I thought you said you believed this. I thought you said this was important to you. So why 
are you now doing that? And sadly, in those moments, we cannot believe what this person or country or whatever says because we're seeing what they do. And it hurts. Hypocrisy can turn ugly and even harmful. And of course, some hypocrisy is worse than others. Judas Iscariot knew all about that. He was pretending, saying with his words that he was a follower of Jesus, but his actions, selling Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, well, that told a different story. It was hypocrisy of the highest order. But even if we aren't supporting racism or something else that's ugly with our actions or betraying the Son of God to be murdered, we can still see in ourselves the ugly head of hypocrisy. We say we believe prayer works, but do we pray? We say we believe the Lord Jesus is our all in all, but do we spend our days fretting about what's next, desperate to take control to make sure we will be okay? What good is our faith in Christ if it doesn't actually change what we do? And that's what Peter wanted to help Christians understand. This gospel that we hold to, it's meant to radically change the way we live here and now, not just what we say. It's meant to change us so no one can ever say to us, I cannot believe what you say because I see what you do. Here's another way to put it. The gospel is meant to integrate our lives, to make the inside match the outside, to make our actions confirm and prove that what we say is really what we believe. I think this is what Peter was thinking about when he wrote these words in his first letter. They're found in chapter 2. Dear friends, he said, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. The entire letter of Peter is marked with the idea that Christians really don't belong here. Now, what about you? Are you a Christian? Are you thinking that you belong here because you deserve to be here, that everything you want seems to be going the way you want it to be going? Whether it's your politics or whether it's your business dealings with somebody else? I do believe in law, and I think the Scripture believes in law, but sometimes we turn law around into a way that I think Peter might have shuddered. Why is that? It's not because somebody believes God's word is insufficient. No, it's because fundamentally we need to realize Christians are living as exiles. I've been talking about that the last several days. That was Peter's point. We do not belong here because our home. For whatever reasons we consider this place now our home, our home is really elsewhere. And as exiles, or if you want to think of it in other terms, as emissaries from a distant country that is not of this world, we are called to live in a certain way. And that means our lives look strange to the watching world around us. And there's a little scene in The Little Pilgrim's Big Journey that captures this idea. Those children are on their way to the king's city, the celestial city, and one of them wants to take a shortcut. Listen up. But Jude was still angry. He said, I don't have time to help little babies. I'll continue by myself. He rushed on ahead of the other children. Jude saw Interpreter's house in the distance. 
As he got closer, a horse carriage pulled up beside him. Inside were two older children named Discontent and Impatience. They asked him, Where are you going? Are you in a hurry? I'm going to the Celestial City, Jude said. But it's taking so long. I bet those little children have been holding you back, said Discontent. It'll take you forever to get there, especially if you follow the king's path. Then Impatience said, And don't go to Interpreter's house. He'll make you listen to boring lessons. Hop in our carriage. We know a shortcut. When the other children caught up, Jude told them, I'm going ahead in this carriage. These two know a better way to get there. But there are no shortcuts to the king's city, said Christiana. The king will direct our path. Don't trust in your own understanding. Jude wouldn't listen. He stepped into the carriage. I'll see you at the king's city, if you ever get there. When Jude entered the carriage, discontent and impatience locked the door behind him. He was trapped. They rode off with Jude. Tricked you, they said. We're not going to the king's city. We're taking you to Beelzebub's castle to work as his slave. Help, Jude cried out. Help, please someone help me. He tried to escape from the carriage, but there was no way out. Jude sobbed and whispered a prayer. <laughs> if you can hear me, gracious king, please help me. Just then, he saw a horse and rider coming speedily behind him. It was help. Help rushed towards the carriage. Stop! In the name of the king, he called out. But they wouldn't stop. With a large lasso, help caught discontent and impatience and forced them to stop. Help unlocked the door and freed Jude. He told Jude, You were so focused on Eli's mistake that you forgot all about yourself. Always remember, the one who thinks he's standing tall will always have the biggest fall. Will the king ever forgive me? Jude asked. The king is patient with his pilgrims, Help said. So you must be patient with Eli's mistakes. You're the older brother. You must help the other children and bear their burdens. That was from Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. A character named Jude was determined to get there more quickly. His desire to take a shortcut to the king's city overtook his desire to listen to his king. And he ran into trouble. And that's why Peter, in 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, is so adamant that Christians are called to be different. Peter says Christians are called to abstain from sinful desires. And all we have to do is look around and we see sinful desires. Sex sells. Even fast food restaurants use supermodels to market themselves. You can't watch TV without seeing something untoward. Greed rules our day. And it is a sinful desire. The drive to get more money, to put profit ahead of people. And I could go on and on. Well, Peter says abstain. But we have to be careful here. Notice what Peter did not say. He did not say abstain from the world. He said abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your flesh. There is a danger here that we can take this call and get it wrong. And there are two ways to get it wrong. On the one hand, we can take this call to abstain from sinful desires and just check out, surround ourselves only with Christians, 
only go to Christian establishments, never see anyone who doesn't profess Christ. It's a safety bubble approach. We think that if we can keep the outside out of our world, then we're going to be okay. But as many people have tried this can tell you, when you try to run away from the world and close it out from you, you forget that the world lives inside you. You bring it in with you because you bring sin in with you. The safety bubble approach will not save you from sin's enticing power. And that's why Peter started with the inner person. Abstain from sinful desires. He knew it was impossible to abstain from sin. Every Christian sins. But the aim is to detach our desire from sin. And that can only happen as we turn to Christ. Not as we shut the world out around us. But we start with the inner person. Safety bubble Christianity just won't cut it. But there's another way we get this wrong. And that's to focus so much on the inner man that we simply move through the world living like we're a ghost. You could say this is a closet Christian, the one who goes about their day talking and interacting with all kinds of people, spending time with many, maybe even having a lot of non-Christians as friends, and they don't even know you are a Christian. Sure, you live your life free from sinful desires. You're faithful to the Lord in your own life, but no one around you can see the difference in your life. Both ways, the safety bubble and the closet Christian run the risk of hypocrisy. You can care about the world. Well, why are you hiding from it? Either by closing the world out or hiding your faith from the world. There has to be a better way toward these two extremes. And thankfully, Peter goes on. Abstain from sinful desires? Yes. But more, live such good lives that no one can say anything against you. Live such good lives that anyone on the outside looking at your life will have to say that you're devoted to the Lord of life. Inner purity leads to outer purity and an outer testimony. And too often, we break the two apart. We try to have an outer testimony without our inner purity that we need. Or we focus so much on our own life that we forget the other part of our salvation. As Peter says, he called us out of darkness into marvelous light in order that we might proclaim him to those around us. This is the way of Christ. The gospel is for us personally, but it isn't just for us. It's meant to change us, to turn us away from our bondage to sin and to the goodness of Christ, and from there to a loving care and service to our neighbors around us. We shouldn't be preoccupied with power or a desire to control or money or anything else our sinful flesh might crave. In our devotion to Christ, our lives need to be marked by an unrelenting pursuit of the good of those around us that they might turn to Christ and find life. This is the good news, and it frees us to love, to truly love. We love because the Lord Jesus first loved us. We will stop and help when someone's in a bind. If we see a need, we'll try to make the time. Others think of reasons not to love We 
Holidays are almost here. What a great reminder by Sherry Kagey, because he first loved us. You're at a haven today called our Pilgrim Life. And before you know it, December 25th is going to be here. What do you plan to give people around you, especially children? So many toys and games are quickly forgotten. What about a book, an adventure book? with colorful pages that will not only proclaim the gospel, but also share helpful ways we can live as Christians on our journey to heaven. 
That's what John Bunyan did with Pilgrim's Progress, and that's what Tyler Van Haltren has done with his modern adaptation of this book. And this year, we have a brilliant boxed set with both Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Part 1, and the newly released Part 2. I can't wait to share these epic gospel tales with my grandkids this year. And no matter if you're young or old, I know these storybooks will point everyone who reads them to Jesus today. They come in hardback, cloth-covered books, coming in a keepsake slipcase with gold foil printing, something that will last for years to come. But let me say, but let me also add that now is the perfect time to make your gift to Haven today and order one or more sets from Haven Ministries. We can get them to you or someone you love in time for Christmas with free shipping. Plus, we also have another free bonus. Every box set comes with a free code to download the audio versions of both books. And if you want us to send this directly to a loved one as a Christmas gift, just give us their name, a little note, their address, and we'll ship it for free ASAP. So why don't you call us right now? And ask for Little Pilgrim's Big Journey 1 and 2. Make your gift to the ministry when you call 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and watch that video I've been talking about shot in and around Bunyan's Town of Bedford, England. And make your gift for one or more sets at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And if you already received Part 1 from us last year, We have part two by itself. All you have to do is ask. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Shame. We all feel it from time to time. That's why peer pressure is so effective. You're wearing the wrong brand of shoes in the sixth grade. You don't have the same GPA as the brightest in the class. Shame. Sometimes shame comes from something as insignificant as having a stain on our shirt while in public. But there's one thing that you and I never have to be ashamed of. At the beginning of his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul wrote, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. This is salvation in Jesus Christ. Nothing, nothing shameful about that. Try out Anchor Devotional today in print. Visit getanchor.com.